Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome to the premiere episode of our new podcast, Boozed and Confused. Boozed and Confused is a podcast about weird topics you find on the internet while you're going down a rabbit hole at 3 o'clock in the morning. Doesn't really have to be 3 in the morning, does it? It could be. It might just be on the toilet, on Reddit or something. At 3 a.m. Or not. So what are we drinking today? Ooh, well, I um, I am drinking a Newport Days Hazy Pale Ale from Rogue. Let's uh, that was a frosty one. Ooh, that's nice. Very tropical and citrusy. A bit hazy. Pairs well with surfing, sunbathing, and building sandcastles. I do none of those. I am drinking Moon Man by New Glarus Brewing. It's a pale ale. It's delightful. So where are we right now? Right now, we are doing an isolation staycation in a cabin, trying not to become Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Red rum. Red rum. What are we talking about today? Well, I actually don't know what you're talking about. That's funny. I don't really know what you're talking about either. Huh. Huh. Well, I'll let the lady go first. Uh, What are you talking about? Well, our general topic for today's podcast is going to be about ghosts. (gasps) Ghosts? I don't like ghosts. I don't like ghosts. I don't really know uh, what your personal views of ghosts are. I believe in ghosts. Yeah, I'm I'm open to it. Uh, Have you ever had something that you think you saw in the corner of your eye and you look and it's not there? Yes. Have you ever heard some like weird creaks or uh, thought the towel rack in the corner of the room might have been something more than just towels? Yes. I think we all have. Uh, What's your favorite ghost movie? I really liked Paranormal Activity, just the first one, not the seven that followed after. That's the one with the camera and it just kind of sits there and you're just kind of staring at stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that one is very uh, like cheap jump scares but i i enjoy it it's like a roller coaster yeah no it's a good one it, it gets you on the edge of your seat so it's pretty pretty good i'm all about the grudge like the original grudge um i really like that image of the spooky like apparition um like the dark long hair uh, and that like awful like joint cracking that you'd always hear it do uh do you have any spooky personal ghost stories I actually do. Let's hear it. So my grandma passed away in the late 2000s, and in her house uh, lived her cat. Uh, Even though she had passed on, we kept the house, kept the cat, obviously, but the cat lived alone. And within the house, there was a security system because she lived alone. She was older. So had a security system that had motion sensors. And have I never told you this story? Oh, no. No, but whenever there's a cat involved, those things always know what's up. 
So her cat was not super friendly, and anytime anyone came over, it always hid under the bed, and you wouldn't really see it for days. Just cat things. Just cat things. And so on the security system, there's this keypad, and the keypad gives you messages of system ready to arm or a system not ready to arm. And if it's ready to arm, it means that everything is closed. You know, there's nothing walking in front of anything. And if it says not ready, then it means that there's a window open or there's some motion being detected. I don't like where this is going. And so I uh, sat in front of the panel waiting for it to say system ready. And it kept saying system not ready, system not ready. And so finally, I, as I was standing there, I probably sat there for over a minute minutes waiting and so finally i just said out loud see you later grandma i'll see you next time and the panel said system ready and i could finally set the alarm and leave oh stop (laughs) oh i regret picking this topic and anytime um you kind of bring up my my grandma's house and you you bring up that period before anything was really done with the house and the house is empty uh, I think almost everyone who is in it has some sort of story. About having to say goodbye? Not saying goodbye, but just different, different, like you would hear like maybe kids playing, but it's the dead of night and, uh, you know, there's no TVs on or. My mom is super hardcore into ghosts, uh, very much believes in them. Uh, so long story short, I never met my mom's mom. Uh, she had passed away before I was born. Uh, but my mom says um, that when I was a baby, um, I saw my grandmother who had passed away. She said I was like up in my crib, bouncing around, laughing and stuff. And she said I was talking about the blue lady. And apparently, uh, I have no memory of this, but I have the story. Uh, was that when I went into my mom's room, I saw a picture of my grandmother in a painting or a picture. It looks like a painting, but it's probably just a picture. She's wearing a blue dress. And I go, that's the lady in the blue dress. And that's pretty spooky. Uh, And then this is like years and years later, and it's a couple years ago from now, uh, I had this incredibly wild week uh, with like ghostly shenanigans. Uh, that I still can't explain. Uh, It began one night. Um, I guess it was overnight because in the morning is when I discovered what was kind of going on. Uh, My mom woke me up and asked me why my Nintendo DS was uh, standing on its side on the toilet bowl. It wasn't like on a part you put a Nintendo DS normally. It was uh, like right over the water, just standing on its side. Uh, So that was pretty weird. Is that ghosts or are you sleepwalking and playing your DS? I don't think I sleepwalk. I think you might. I don't think so. Nope. Uh, Wait, wait. We should totally set a camera up in the bedroom and then this whole thing turns into paranormal activity. That's a terrible idea. Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, And so later that week, I was doing some bike work in my garage. And uh, you know how those garages have with the automatic doors the pull string on the uh, mechanism it was a pretty 
quiet night, not a lot of wind or anything. And then like, as I'm working on my bike, uh, the pull string just starts like swinging like crazy, like someone's hitting it or something. And I wasn't hitting it. I was doing bike stuff. Uh, so I stopped what I was doing and I noped out of that garage. So there was two things in only a couple of days. So that evening I went on this like paranormal online forum. Um, I was typing up what was happening, what I was seeing, and I was looking for advice because I had no idea what the hell was going on. And right as I was about to click submit and send it out into the world, uh, something on my dresser just fell off and I was pretty much like okay I'm not sending this and that was pretty much the end of that week and I can't really pick anything else out since that uh really exciting week do you think those ghosts were like how how dare you fucking talk about us on the internet you don't know me (laughs) to start the episode off I will be talking about high aim six which is a ghost ship that's pretty cool. I have never heard of that before. It's one that I found in uh, somewhat infamous ghost ship stories, only because it was not necessarily solved. They have some clues as to what they think maybe happened, but nothing definitive. High Aim 6 uh, left port of Liu Chiu in southern Taiwan on October 31st, 2002. And it was found drifting in Australian waters without a crew on January 8th, 2003, which is just a almost three-month time span. So what happened in those three months? High Aim 6 was a fishing boat that was registered in Taiwan, and it flew an Indonesian flag. And the crew consisted of a Taiwanese captain, engineer, and at least five Indonesian crew, but could potentially be as high as 10. Uh, It's not necessarily known for sure how many crew there actually were on board. The ship set sail October 31st, 2002, and the owner of the ship last spoke with the captain in December of 2002. And so a few days after the last conversation that the owner of the ship had with the captain, the owners reported the boat missing and they didn't hear anything after that. And the Coast Guard was sent to find the boat, but nothing was initially recovered. To make it a little bit stranger, the ship was spotted at the beginning of January, and after the ship was spotted, it was boarded by the Australian Navy. And when the Navy boarded, they found no crew on board, no signs of distress, all personal effects of the crew were on board, Uh, they found seven toothbrushes, There were plenty of provisions like food and water. There's no sign of a struggle. And in general, there was no reason for abandonment. Other areas that add to some of the mystery or make it a little bit more suspicious is that the boat overall is in good condition. They don't find anything wrong with the boat. There's no like fires on board that would have caused them to maybe use life rafts. Uh, The weather conditions in the area had been great throughout the last few days. Five days prior to being boarded, the ship was actually sighted and the motor was running and it was underway, so it seemed like things were going normally. And while it was being boarded, the engine was dead and the rudder was locked, which forced it to move in one direction instead of in circles, which seems somewhat intentful. So like everything, 
of theirs was just on the ship, just chilling. There was nobody there. Yeah, it essentially looked like they maybe just went out for lunch, <laughs> except lunch had maybe lasted two months and they didn't see anybody. So maybe they're fine. So maybe just to tie it back, they were aboard at the beginning of January and no one had heard from the captain since December. So days before they were boarded, that means that someone was on this ship and using the boat properly in a way that didn't cause any alarm for anyone who would have seen it uh, and everything was operating normally. I think there's like three logical things that this can be. What's the first one? Pirates. Okay. Which I hope it is. I love pirates. Um, Sirens. Those like, yeah, those uh, mystical singing sea creatures that look kind of like beautiful mermaids but they sing and they like jump in the water and they eat you okay the third one is like they just went for a swim and forgot to park the boat whoops whoopsies that was probably if if that were the case the last one were the case that'd be an uncomfortable conversation the skeptic in me wants to believe it's the third one but i'm also really hoping for some kind of spooky i guess we'll see what happened to high aim six um there's a lot of possibilities we'll dive into and the first one is the potential that they ran out of gas and they launched lifeboats to find help on australia's shore uh this was not the case this was essentially ruled out as a possibility entirely because there was plenty of fuel on the boat and all of the lifeboats were intact nothing had been launched what about like life jackets I don't know nothing i read said anything about life jackets like i feel like since the uh 1912 titanic thing people were pretty careful about having those things on board no matter how unsinkable your ship was but there are no women and children on high aim six so who did they decide who goes first probably the violin guy <laughs> the musician it's, gentlemen it's been a pleasure all right so the next possibility is that um They were potentially carrying migrants that were trying to seek refuge in Australia. And they had this concern because once the boat was first discovered, they were hit with this smell that they potentially thought was dead bodies. Uh, They later found it to be three tons of rotting mackerel. Uh, So it was a little bit more clear that it was likely just a fishing boat, just a normal fishing vessel, and not involved in any trafficking. Holy mackerel. (laughs) Uh, The next option is that there were pirates. So that uh, could be a possibility. So it's possible that pirates boarded the ship sometime after the captain and owner last spoke in December. Um, And people had indicated this was a possibility because days before they were boarded, things did seem to be operating normally, but just likely not by the original crew. But uh, this was ruled out as less likely only because... There was no sign of a struggle, and it's more likely that pirates would have taken the boat rather than taken everyone hostage, gotten rid of everybody, and then just left the boat, as is. It seems like a lot of work. I get it. I see where your head's at here. The next possibility is cyclones. So 
they were trying to figure out if gale force winds created an emergency and forced the crew to abandon the ship possible probably a long shot Uh, again no lifeboats not sure about life jackets unclear (laughs) if that really played a part but again the weather was good the last few days uh, before the ship was found so uh, they're not sure how much weather really played a factor you know i like i really wonder how much they missed the crew by was it like a day was it like a month was it like a couple of days weeks who knows well so that's 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 the question mystery that's the question and the mystery that's why it's a ghost ship It's also possible that the boat floated without a crew from the U.S. Marshall Islands, which was the last known location in December, to where it was found, which is about 250 kilometers off the west coast of Broome in Western Australia. Did you say Broome? Broome. Broome. B-R-O-O-M-E. Broome. Broome. (laughs) The next strange part that maybe gives some clues into what potentially happened is that there's a record of phone calls that were made from the chief engineer's phone from Bali and there were 87 calls that were made out of Bali with his phone. That sounds like a lot, like a ton of phone calls. It is a lot of phone calls. Like 86 you said? 87. That's one more than I just said. That's even more (laughs) than what I thought it was. That seems like an exceptionally large amount of phone calls to be made. Could just be like a crazy spouse. Why didn't you answer the first 67 times I called you? Background to that joke. No. My phone's just usually on silent, okay? (laughs) All right. So this leads to the most likely scenario, which is mutiny. Oh. There, There would be a mutiny afoot. I don't think that's a terrible pirate accent. It's been a while since I've played Sea of Thieves, so... Yar. <laughs> the phone records plus the chief engineer's phone use in Indonesia led authorities to believe that mutiny was the most likely scenario. The engineer's wife received a bill for 40000 Taiwanese dollars for calls made in Indonesia between January 1st and January 10th, and his family said that they last heard from him December 5th which means that between December 5th and January 1st, something must have happened between the crew and somehow his phone made it back on shore and began being used by someone in Bali in that time frame. This kind of reminds me of that um, really annoying bird in Animal Crossing who like, even though you help him, like he's always on the beach, like washed up. Gulliver. Yeah, that's his name. And somehow his phone always breaks and you got to keep finding it a likely story gulliver we're not that gullible gullible gulliver that was terrible oh that was terrible i'm getting a divorce after this episode i hope you cut that out something that adds some light to what potentially happened was that there was one member of the crew who could be tracked down on shore and he declared members of the crew killed the captain and the engineer on december 8th and allegedly just proceeded to go back to their homes afterwards, which means that between December 8th and January, I'm guessing that someone would have had to be piloting the boat, driving the boat. We're going to go with driving the boat, sailing the boat, steering the boat. Just moving the boat on along. Uh, And this person that they tracked down said that there's no real reason or motive uh, given for this 
murder. But also what I find to be kind of strange is when the ship was boarded, they said that nothing seemed amiss and that everything seemed normal. Yet this guy declares that they killed the captain and the engineer. So, so what? Did they kill them and throw their bodies overboard and then like clean up? Give them some cement shoes and just threw them overboard. The other question that I have from this is if they killed the captain and the chief engineer December 8th and they were driving the boat back to wherever it was that was their home, how did they get off of the boat if all the lifeboats were there? Like they must have had some sort of help. Then who was phone? (laughs) Something similar happened a year prior on a different Taiwanese fishing boat. There was an empty boat discovered by the Indonesian military, and three of those crew members were actually arrested out of 10 total who had confessed to murdering the captain and the engineer. I don't know. Maybe it's just like workplace frustration, workplace anger. So despite no real motive being known, uh, only one member of the crew was able to be tracked down who shed some very scarce details into what happened the the mystery somewhat remains unsolved and i'm assuming that there's no real closure for for the family of the captain and the engineer if they weren't able to track anybody down there is no trial there are really no arrests made Mm -hmm. so it seems like it's likely just an open case or maybe it's closed after a certain amount of time yeah it's a pretty cold case it's a little little cold i'd say what's the temperature of the ocean it's probably that cold It's not as cold as this frosty beer, though. (laughs) After all of this, what happened to the ship? The ship was towed to Broome when it was initially discovered, and it sat there for a year while they tried to solve this case. And over that year, it became a tourist destination. But authorities had declared it had become an environmental risk because it had become so eroded over time after sitting there. And initial hopes were that it would be taken offshore, scuttled, and used to create a dive reef and wreck. But instead, it was dismantled and it was transferred to a local landfill, which is a very anticlimactic ending to what is a very strange story. Yeah, I want my ghost ships to be like roaming the seas for all times. And you kind of see it in the fog, like on the horizon. And that's it. Maybe the captain and the chief engineer haunt the waters. It's like, don't swim here. (laughs) Or maybe they haunt the individual crew members who decided to keep their mouths closed. I feel like that'd be more appropriate. With that, that's the story of High Aim 6. All right, very cool. I do love the good uh, ghost ship story. I'm very influenced by Sea of Thieves and uh, just my general love of ghosts in general. I absolutely love ghost stories and as an English teacher I really enjoy storytelling and I think where we went where I went with this topic is I kind of wanted to know why why are all the ghosts that we see always from like the old world you know the uh, top hat petticoat corset flowy big dress why are the ghosts always dressed like that very dapper very dapper they're very well dressed you know why don't I see uh mid-90s grunge ghost or uh like a 2000s like it's britney bitch ghost or something uh so my goal for this was to figure out why the heck all the ghosts are like victorian and not like modern 
this was a surprise for me. Ghost stories have been a part of storytelling for what seems like forever. Uh, you can go all the way back to like Mesopotamia and you've got the oral uh, ghost stories, that oral tradition. There's tons of names for ghosts. Um, what's your preferred ghost terminology? Spooky boys. <laughs> We've got things like apparitions, haunts, phantoms, poltergeists, shades, specters, spirits, wraiths. Personally, I lean wraith because I just love Lord of the Rings. Ring wraiths. Super spooky boys. Uh, I'm just going to keep calling them ghosts, though, because it's a little easier to say. Uh, with this vast history of ghosts, there have been tons of people talking about ghosts for as long as we've been around. Uh, so originally, when I decided this would be my first topic for our show, I kind of had a goal. I wanted to call it all the ghosts for being too fancy and too dressed up in that like Victorian era garb. Turns out, uh, I was kind of wrong. I was kind of wrong. I mean, who am I to assume that ghosts have like a uniform? It's like when you die, it's like, okay, uh, there's your clothes you died in. You can wear this. And it's like three options. Can you, wait, can you fucking imagine the audacity a, being a woman in the 1800s being forced to wear a corset that squeezes your innards and must be so uncomfortable, especially uh, in the heat. And then finally you die and you, you, you're free from the corset. But when you die, there's a ghost that's like, wait, wait, hold on. You have to, you have to wear this. And the woman is still forced to wear the fucking corset in the 1800s as a dead ghost. I guess you're not free from gender norms. I would be pissed. I mean, I like a good top hat and <laughs> suit and coat, but, you know, to each their own. So, uh, yeah, it actually turns out um, all the haunted houses and the classic ghost images come from literature. Yes. Uh, literature, particularly Victorian literature, with a tinge of Edwardian era thrown in there, just so I can cover it a little better. It turns out the booming genre of ghost tales was so insanely popular, it just kind of stuck. Uh, what year do we live in? This is like 2000-something, 2020. This is the 700th month of 2020. That's what it feels like. So even though the uh, Victorian, Edwardian era is quite a ways away um, our eras are actually quite similar minus like the 4g 5g thing kind of going on so when i talk about victorian area i'm talking loosely like 1830s like mid 1830s and we end around 1910 in that edwardian era uh, in this time range things like gas power railroads systems uh, which were moving goods at relatively to them insanely high speeds uh we even had like the, the telegraph this advancement in technology they were making things once thought to be like the stuff of magic uh and like incredibly tangible and 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 real and it was like an era of people just trying to keep up with the progression of technology which is kind of just like us uh, like I remember having to like unplug my telephone to get onto the internet and now it's pretty much everywhere. And like every year there's a new advancement. Silicon Valley is like literally changing the way we live constantly. 
but we'll go back to the old days for this. So the Victorian era is known for all these advancements. Uh, it was a very science-thinking time. So if they're so well-known for all of this science, why is something like ghost stories such a huge part of society? What do you think? Science and ghosts don't go together, really. I mean, if you don't, if you don't have social media in the 1800s, what the fuck else are you supposed to talk about when you sit around the campfire at night? That's exactly right. It's entertainment. <laughs> we are talking about entertainment. Victorians loved a good seance, having their tarot cards read, and I don't know, like just reading in general. I love getting my tarot cards read. Nope. The mass expansion of education led to a vast demand of things to read. So all the publication companies had to come up with things that they can produce very quickly, very cheaply. And the ghost story was just the fix. There was no need to create a mystical world. Writers could just place a character inside any old house these stories were meant to be extremely realistic and the ghost stories were not meant to be fantastical. Like what's scarier than someone existing in a totally normal setting and something entirely unexplainable happens? They were already living in a society where things that were impossible were becoming possible. It's like an evolutionary thing in our brains. You know, from the very beginning of Homo sapiens, we've had to like, be aware of stuff that's around us to be able to react to it. And science is making all these things really knowledgeable and well-known. So they needed something to worry about still almost. It's like my anxiety needs to be fixed. I'm in this picture and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) So many of these ghost movies that we've seen, what's that movie I remember specifically this this one scene, this mom's like folding laundry and in the corner of the room is this little boy like doing a jig and he's wearing a little like paper boy hat from like the like the late 1800s or like, you know, like 1900. Was it, it wasn't Poltergeist. It was Sinister. I think it was Sinister. And, and, you know, when I think about the ghosts wearing the old clothes, I think of my students when we read Shakespeare, they always ask, why are they always wearing these stupid old clothes? And I'm like, the outfits just look old to us because they're out of style now. This stuff was pretty normal to the people at the time. So, you know, I wonder what they think of us. Probably that we have no class. We are pretty uh, poorly dressed people. A couple of slobs here. The need for quick entertainment... for a quick buck from these companies because literally everyone's learning how to read. It's becoming much more accessible. They needed to pump out these stories left and right. And so the ghost genre really just filled in that need. All the specifics that made a ghost story, a ghost story were quickly ironed out rather than needing hundreds of years for a genre to really kind of get its essence. um, Ghost stories were there and there were so many of them just kind of popping out week after week after week after week you only needed a decade or so to really lock this style in take a normal character put him in a house something spooky happens so sadly 
uh, the floofy dress, the corsets, wearing uh, lady ghosts, and the formal coat and top hat wearing gentlemen. Uh, it seems that it's just kind of our imagination, like as present-day people. Uh, the Victorian writers, you know, talking about people like Charles Dickens, they did such a good job. They did such a good job that today, 2020, the longest year that ever there was, our imaginations are, are just so kind of stuck in this because the genre, it's almost perfect. It's, it's so simple. We expect ghosts to look this way. So our imaginations just kind of make it that way. It's really interesting that you bring up Charles Dickens because while you were just going through that, I thought, hmm, that reminds me a lot of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I had to look up when it was published and it was 1843, which makes a lot of sense. Charles Dickens, exactly. I I didn't want to get too much into literature. I want to stick with the ghost thing and I'm, I'm kind of upset. Like I feel kind of let down. Um, I really want a ghost to have a uniform. It's just our imagination. We just think this is how ghosts are supposed to look. And so we just make it happen. Um, you ghosts can wear whatever the heck you want. I'm not going to lie. I'm still going to be waiting for a ghost to uh, like whisper, like it's Britney bitch or uh, Rick roll me or something. Uh, shout out to all the ghosts. It's your boy. And yeah, so like I said, I was pretty surprised where this, where this took me. I was I was kind of expecting this to be some kind of like, oh, the magnetic waves of of when they were there and where we are now. It just kind of works out that way. No, it's it's just our imaginations. It's just some really good storytelling from the 1800s, and it's just stuck. That's it. So from what you're saying, what I've gathered from this is that. We have Victorian ghosts and literature because of capitalism. Oh, man. I mean, I guess so. I guess so. It's, uh, if you put it that way, it's... You're not wrong. You're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that's ghosts. Well, I mean, two, two very small things that we kind of independently looked up about ghosts. Um, I'm way more let down by my topic than yours. Yours is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. I I like not knowing what you're going to talk about. It's going to be really awkward when we come to the table with the exact same topic. It might happen. I'm going to make sure it happens. You better change your passwords. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to railroad this. I'm going to I'm going to crash this thing. If you liked this, be sure to join us next week where we talk about another random weird topic that we found while going down a rabbit hole. Not at 3 a.m. I don't stay up till late anymore. Let's be real. I'm 28 now. I'm too tired for that. I'm not, but I just choose not to because I refuse to follow the rules. And if you liked our podcast, leave a like. Five stars on, what was it, uh, iTunes? Leave us a review. Uh, it would mean a lot to us. Uh, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Carol Ann's mom. My mom is probably going to give us three stars out of five. My mom will give us five. She's a nice lady. She's a really nice lady. See you next week. Goodbye. Okay,